0: Hey guys, Spooks and Crimes. Mimi, call us JB. Um, so this is episode number 57. Mm-hmm. I just literally asked you that and I totally forgot, so I had to make sure. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so this one's about, I'm pretty sure I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but Cholomato Cemetery. Um, it's located in St. Augustine, Florida. It is the oldest cemetery in the state of Florida. This cemetery holds bishops, two of the world's greatest bishops, Many slaves convicted murderers, women, children, and soldiers. But before the cemetery was come upon, it was considered as a burial burial ground for the Galei Tribe. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that wrong because so I'm so sorry for anybody who I just offended for that. And I'm going to keep pronouncing it wrong, so I'm sorry. Galei Tribe <laughs> is one of Mississippi's culture people. Um, so I guess it was like a whole bunch of Indians that developed like how Seminole County, whoa, that was so country. Seminole County that, the, or I'm sorry, Seminole Indians, it was like a whole bunch of Indians that developed here in the state of Florida, and that's how they became their own little tribe. Okay. So I'm thinking this is what it is for Mississippi. Um, I tried to look into it, but all I literally got was that it was Mississippi people. I don't know what that means. Was this the oldest cemetery in Florida? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, it's the oldest cemetery that is known in the state of florida and it's in saint augustine mm-hmm. okay. um the mississippi culture people cover the lands of the present day from now like present day now the georgia state line all the way to the sea lines which i had to google what the fuck sea line sea islands i'm sorry i keep saying sea, lines. sea islands i didn't know what the fuck that meant so it was like it's south carolina georgia and i guess out that way there's like different islands to the side. i didn't know that could be wrong i'm not 100 sure um so the first burial that was recorded was that of a 15 year old elizabeth Forrester. elizabeth was pronounced dead and was taken to a Talamato cemetery um she was either on her way to be looked at like you know to make sure like she's completely dead mm-hmm. like a coroner i guess those are the people that work on dead bodies right okay so that's I guess she was on the way there or either she was on her way to be buried. I'm not really 100 on that, but on the way there they went because you know how back in the day they had the horses that would carry the caskets behind them. Well, I guess her casket was open or somehow or something. Did her body fall out? No, but her head did end up hitting a tree branch and she started. Yes. Her, her forehead hit the tree branch. That's what I'm thinking. Like they just had the body thrown up on the back. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like they were just like it's another body. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking like it was still like covered, but I, I guess nope. It was, From like, what I what I've been what I googled on it, then, no. <laughs> um, well, she wasn't dead. She was dead then. Well, she actually started bleeding like really bad. So somehow they realized that. Of course, they realized that she was alive because she shouldn't be bleeding if she's alive or if she's dead. I feel like um, she survived and hit She did survive. Much. She lived for another 6 years and then she finally passed away. But unfortunately for her once again after she died and she was buried, someone or some people, they're not 100% sure, actually broke into her grave and stole all her clothes. And That's they think disgusting. yeah, they think that they stole them either to probably probably to resell them. Ew. Why would you steal clothes off of a dead person? I don't know. Um, one of the bishops there was Austin Verrett. Verrett was born in France, but he ended up coming to the U.S. lands through, throughout his life, he was taught science, philosophy, and to theologically. That's a period. <laughs> yeah, I would say theology. Theology? Okay. Yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> until about 1853 then barrett decided that he wanted to become a pastor in which he did until 1958. barrett then traveled back to france where he got seven more pastors to come um, back to america with him so that he could open more churches and run you know have people run them he had plans to open churches in i think he actually did to open the churches in jacksonville the key west tampa palatica I think I said that right a lot, a lot sorry guys in Mandarin, Florida oh so he them like all over Florida yeah um the two that he had at this point was in Tallahassee and Fernandina pretty sure I said that wrong too Fernandina that's so hell is I've never heard of it yeah born and raised in Florida and I've never even left the state of Florida I don't even know what half of these fucking places are called I am so sorry to y'all <laughs> um Vera also brought back five sisters to be able to run a all-girls church in school Vera was a huge person to fight against slavery he felt that if you needed slaves which he considered was servants that you would allow them to be treated within respect such as you didn't beat them because they didn't do what you asked immediately or you know the situation yeah, kind of people. yeah um you actually allowed them to have sleep and work decent hours they got decent food they got to choose their own husbands and wives and if you did end up selling them you never separated the family you sold the whole family together that was what his thing was um in june barrett passed away and his funeral was open for any and everyone to be able to come in and see and pay their respects to him barrett had a coffin made from iron but the top of his casket was of glass um, that sounds expensive. Yeah, that to me it sounded like the Sleeping Beauty oh. where it had the glass top. Yeah, that sounded hella expensive. But think about it back then. It's probably like twenty dollars for us now. <laughs> um, many people came from all around to see him and pay respects. At this point, because it was I think it was like mid June or July or something like that. Um the heat from his body, which kind of threw me off because I thought like they got rid of all the acids and stuff. They maybe they didn't do it during that time. Okay. Um maybe. that would make sense. Cause his body, the heat from the weather and the heat from his body gases combined into his casket, which began to rattle. Everybody turned around and looked to see what his casket's rattling and boom, it fucking explodes. So everybody gets hit with glass, body parts. Oh my god. Yeah, it was freaking horrible. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I would be traumatized. I would never go back to a funeral in my life. Yeah. If I got hit with a body part or glad, yeah, I'm done. I'm trying to tell you. Um, Vera was immediately taken to the white. There's, I guess, till this day, there is a white chapel when you go inside the um, cemetery. And that's where his body lays to rest. Um, and also, there is another body of another bishop in that little chapel. This man's name was Father Felix Verla. Um, Father Felix was a Cuban a Cuban Catholic prelate and independent leader in his homeland. Uh, Father Felix was a notable figure in the Catholic Church in Cuba and in the United States. Father Felix was born in Cuba, and during his childbirth, his mother passed away. So Felix's grandfather stepped in. He raised him in Spain and... Between Spain and St. Augustine. Oh, I like that the grandfather stuff. I know, right? Talking. He had nobody else, so he was like, fuck that, that's my that's that's my speed. Speed. <laughs> my seed. <laughs> but it really wouldn't even be a seed. because it he didn't get, yeah. I hope it's it not didn't a seed. fucking star. That's gross. <laughs> oh <Lord. laughs> so... Grandpa wanted Felix to join the Spain military, but Felix was like, nah, I'm going to Cuba and I'm going to become a priest. By the age of 23, he was teaching philosophy, physics, and chemistry. Felix also wrote a very popular book. Um, I was supposed to write the book down, but I forgot. But yeah. (laughs) All before the age of 30. Felix also wrote an essay on ending slavery in Cuba, because he also kind of had, like, the same mindset. Like, you you know, they didn't, like, calling them slaves. They liked to call them servants. Even though they didn't get paid, they still treated them with, you know, respect. Yeah. And as long as, like, I don't know how to say it without sounding, like, I don't know. I feel wrong for saying it. But as long as, like, the people did what they asked them to do, they had a house to sleep in, food. They got to stay with their family. They got their own choices, you know, decent food. They got their own choices on who they wanted to marry and have kids with. And they got sold, you know, together, not separately and things like that. So I like that. I feel like they should have paid them though. But so <laughs> I like that they were like, listen, you know, you guys are so human. You get to have your own fucking life too. Um. At one point in Felix's life, he was supposed to be sentenced to death. Um, I couldn't really figure. I, he did saw, okay, so he signed the king's invalidation with two other guys. Or he signed, yeah. Uh, Felix escaped and came back to the U.S. Either New York or St. Augustine. So he signed that thing, and that's what why he had to be put to death. I I think so. I'm not really oh, sure okay. because it's, we just now he did something. That... He did, yeah. He basically did something that him and two other guys did something where they were supposed to be sentenced to death. Um, at the age of 64, Felix died. He died from asthma. Six years after his bar- yeah, burial, when, yeah. <laughs> his body was taken to Cuba, but they say that his soul didn't actually leave. And I think it's mainly because his soul was in Florida. That's where he wanted to be. He didn't really want to be across seas. He's like, you can have my body, but my soul stays. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, there is this military officer and governor Enrique white, who fell ill, (laughs) that's how I have written down, but I wrote this story so long ago. I really don't remember how he fell ill. (laughs) Hopefully it says it. (laughs) All right. So Enrique was born in Ireland and he was a Spanish soldier working his way to be a military officer. He never married and he made it very clear that he wanted his workers to be set free after his death. And he he treated all his, his workers, servants you know, this, like, with mad respect. Like, he respected all right. them all the way. And his last wish was that when something happened to him that they were to be set free. You don't get, let them be. So, good for you and Ricky. <laughs> um, He died um, at the age of like 69, 70 in that Fernandina West Side Street and East Side Street. Um, That's why those two streets, West Side Street and East Side Street, is literally named White Street. And that's after the governor, Enrique White. There is a man named George B-I-A-S-S-O-U. He was a... Haitian man who was also about freeing slaves. He also was one of the ones that led the Haitian revolution. Revolution. Revolution? There you go. Um, he was very open about his paganism lifestyle. He worked with voodoo a lot. George. George was friends with a man named, I do not know how to pronounce his name, T-O-U-S-S-A-I-N-T. Last name L-O-U-V-E-R-T-U-R-E. And he was them two fight side by side during the Spanish war thing going on. But T, that's what I'm calling because I don't know how to say his name. Go for it. He decided that he was gonna end up siding with the French and turn against George. Huh. <laughs> George, Jean, Francisco, and Jeanot. I don't know if that's how you say it, but it's J E, yeah, J-E-A-N-N-O-T, Jean <laughs> we were all sent to be slaves once they got caught for doing whatever they did. Um, they were all killed by their owner, and this is when the Haitian Revolution began. George and both Jean fought against the French. Eventually, the French gave up, but George and Jean Francisco still sided with Spain. Um, George eventually moved in I'm sorry when I said that they all got killed by their owner like the the other slaves that um the guy the one guy that was trying to kill Jean and George not the guy what is his name what are they the French the French killed their slaves <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> She said it's gonna be I'm sorry guys. <laughs> no feel pressure today. Okay. <laughs> um, so George and Jean Francisco was like, nah, we're gonna stick with Spain. Fuck the French. So George eventually no disrespect to the French, but I'm just saying. So George eventually moved into what is called Key, Sal-Ki- the Salquito House. I think it's in um, say it here, yeah. Florida. Where he did farming beside um his workers and he fought with the Spain against the Seminole Indians also. Because the Seminole Indians at this point was like were taking over too. He died in a drunken fight one day. I don't know. <laughs> like out of every war that he fucking went through, he died from being in a drunken fight. His grave is unknown on this cemetery because his tombstone was made of wood, and over the years it was it oh, wore yeah. down. That's what's creeps me out because she, you know you're not supposed to walk over where the tombstones mm-hmm. are because that's like disrespecting them because their bodies are like supposed to be their ashes, um, whatever. So I'm really surprised they didn't put another um another one up there. Yeah for him Yeah, because they say that it's unknown so they don't know where it's at. Maybe they by the time that people actually started caring, it was a little too late. Maybe it was already gone. But they do know for a fact maybe he was out there, but I don't know how they would know. <laughs> Um another spirit that is out there and has and shows itself a lot is James P. Morgan. Like the bank? No. Let's take a little break and then we'll I'll explain it to you. Okay, Okay, so another spirit that was there um it shows himself a lot is the james p morgan he was five years old at the time of his death james's mother said james loved to play which really i don't understand why she thought this was okay but i guess there was a really big oak tree that was part of the cemetery that was in the cemetery or whatever and they lived across the street and he liked playing in the tree so she would allow him to play at the tree um, I guess he came, He was supposed to usually come home between five and five thirty. He never showed up, and that's when she decided to look out the window, and she saw him laying face down and not moving. And this was already a cemetery at the, mm-hmm. at the time. Yes. Um. So he ended up passing away. The mom mm-hmm. said that even after he passed away, at the time she would still see him sitting in his white shirt and overalls. And people who still show up to this day say that they see well, as soon as you walk in, it's the big oak tree that's there and you can see him sitting there you can and you can also hear like a child laughing like they're running around playing and stuff like that this is not sad no i think he 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 had fun doing what he was doing unfortunately i think maybe he just fell out of the tree and hit himself the wrong way or something it didn't really say of how he passed away and plus you
1: don't know like how
0: high up yeah because the cemetery and i probably will say this at the end i can't remember but the cemetery is only open like once i believe is like only open once a year for tourists to come through because of how old it is oh, okay um after little james was died or died and he was buried there the cemetery literally stopped all pe- anybody from being able to be buried there so he was the last person to be buried there Unfortunately, James' parents had two more sons who also passed away. Um his one was Agnes, who was he passed away at the age of two, and Arthur who passed away at the age of seven. Oh, that's probably the only you you your kids at such a Yes. Thing. James is the only one buried at the cemetery, like I said. His parents and his two brothers were buried in a different cemetery. I wonder why they couldn't make an exception for the whole thing when they be buried i'm not really sure i tried so hard to look into it but it's like i don't know i can't find much on it i think i need to start calling these places and be like hey how come you guys stop the bearing there in 1821 yellow fever struck and killed over 200 people and said that you can still see and hear so many orbs spirits voices laughing and crying throughout the cemetery Many soldiers from different sides of the wars during the Indian wars, you got the women, the kids, all those people there passed away. So that's basically the end of the story. <laughs> so everybody you mentioned is um ghosts that are supposed mm-hmm. to be seen. Yes, they say that those are the main spirits that you will see walking through the cemetery. You will hear um they say the two bishops even though they were never actually side by side in their things, but you could see them walking side by side hmm. through the cemetery because their outfits that they wear, like that they passed away and buried in, whatever, um, stand out compared to a lot of the other spirits throughout there. So it's one of the ones, and like I guess like it said that... They're the ones that are, like, on guard for the cemetery. Like, they're the ones that are, like, taking control of what's happening. It just, it comes back to the movie with the um the guy with all the ghosts. Not 13 ghosts. the like, frighteners. Yes, that's what it freaking reminds me of. Like, you know how certain ghosts take control of certain things? Like that's, all them... <laughs> like, that's how this cemetery reminds me of how they run it. Like, them two guys are, like, listen, we're buried at the front. We see who comes in and out. um but yeah then they then you have like i couldn't find too much on the indians that were there i couldn't find um they say the women and kids but the only children that or child that's actually mentioned is little james so i'm thinking the women and children came from the yellow fever when it struck around that time and killed everybody that you can hear because they they say you see James when you first walk in. You see James sitting in the tree, or you'll hear just one laughter at the beginning when you start to walk in. If you don't see the two main bishops, then you see him sitting in the tree. And you usually see, you don't see his face, but you see the white shirt, the overalls, and feet just sit, swinging in the tree. Like he's just waiting, like, welcome, hi, I'm glad you're here type thing. Cause they don't find no like sadness or. Anger, anything like that coming from you. I could not find too much on the Indians, the Seminole Indians that were buried there. But there again, like I said at the beginning, before this cemetery even we came about, it was a burial ground for the Indians. Right. So, I mean, we anything that I've actually tried to look up on certain Indians, it's really freaking hard to find any information on them through Google. Um, and then the soldiers from both sides of the war throughout so many wars. Because this is also, I think it was around the Spanish War, I think it is. They had a Spanish War thing going on besides World War One and World War II. They had like a Spanish War type thing. That's part of the war that some of the soldiers came from. But mostly they said all you see is a lot of orbs. Um, you can see the figures of the spirits and then you can hear voices, people laughing and a lot of kids crying and like they're running around you playing around and stuff like that. So, Oh, so I do want to give a little update before we do our little crime stories or in this, whatever we're fixing to do. So you remember how we did the, um, story in Brooksville? I can't remember if I said it or not. The Mary, Mary Bell or oh my God. It's a haunted house. We literally just freaking did it in one of our episodes, but it's in Brooksville, Florida. Um, I uploaded the pictures and everything to it. I found the freaking house, and it is literally like, it's a distance, but it's not really a distance from us, so it's worth the freaking drive. I want to go there just to get pictures of the outside if we ever get the chance to go just so we can see if we can get any like orbs or anything on the camera. Fucking yes. Okay, so do you have any crime stories? Do you wanna jump into this little thingy? We'll jump into here. okay. So I did this story because when I was doing the the cemetery story and they talked about the explosion of the body, they mentioned this lady's name. So I had to Google this lady to see like what I could find on her. Um she's another person that exploded. Yes. She is considered one of the very first people. I don't know if in history or in the United States, but in at least in Florida, that was considered to die from spontaneous... Combustion? Yes. She was one of the first people. What? And it made me interested in doing it, so I had to read it. Because like the first girl that died in the first story. Okay, so her name is Mary Reeser. Oh, okay, so where I was working at, like two three weeks ago where I was working at in the area I was literally 12 minutes away from where this happened yes the thing is is this happened in the 1800s maybe early 1900s so the building that this happened in of course wouldn't be the same building but the fact that I knew like we were literally fucking 12 minutes away I got so excited okay (laughs) okay so Mary Reesler. She was born March 8, 1884, originally marrying her husband, Dr. Richard Reeser, Sr., um, in Columbia, in Columbia, Pennsylvania. Maybe, Yeah, Pennsylvania. But um, after her husband passed away, she decided to move to St. Petersburg, Florida, to be closer to her son, Dr. Richard Reeser, Jr., and her granddaughters. Dr. Richard Jr. said that his mom talked a lot about missing, like, up to this point. She talked a lot about missing Pennsylvania, and she mentioned about missing her friends, entertaining them, then entertaining her, and how much she missed doing needlepoint, which I had to Google to see what the fuck needlepoint was. And now that I just read it again, it makes me say to myself again, damn, I really need to get into that because I like needlepointing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jr. knew that she was sad. He said that on the last day that he actually saw her, Mary kept talking about going home so, that she, so she could eat dinner. One day, which was the day after, it was either the day after that night or the day after, two days after, um, one of the residents went to Mary's apartment to deliver a a telegram. And when she grabbed the door handle, she felt that it was extremely hot. So she immediately went and called for help. That's when the police arrived and the fire department everything else. They saw Mary's body was in complete ashes. So at this point, I think maybe I need to go ahead and say like this. Even they rule, even though they ruled the her death as a certain thing, it's still considered as a mysterious death. Because they don't know exactly how or why it happened. Yeah. Okay, so the only thing left for Mary's body was a foot with her slipper still on it. Her spine and her skull that have been shrunken. At this point, yes... At this point, the police was like, ah, that's what it wrap. And on, <laughs> on the and on what the fuck happened from the body parts that was found shown. Found showed the only thing that Mary's body was sleeping pills. So like they did like an autopsy on her bones to see like if there was anything in her system. The only thing they found was sleeping pills. Which her son did say that she took sleeping pills at night to help her sleep. There was no signs of any force injury or break-ins. Police started to theorize what could have happened. So some of the amateur detectives said that there was an odd smell around her house on the fabric of her chair and nap- napalm, which is, I guess, a aluminum soap that has like carb, carboloxic acids carbolic acid acid. Um, and then the sort? <laughs> that's it was There you go. It's a chemical element. And they also said it smelt like termite bombs. Um, Weird smell. Yeah, that's three different smell or I'm, Yeah, three different types of smell two different types of smells. That No, three different types of smells that they were saying that they were smelling. Um, one, of the bystanders, one of the bystanders told the police that he saw, or they—I won't say he—that they saw a ball of fire come through her open window and hit her. What? Yes. So, like, when I thought about that, I thought of like fucking like Jackalope Z or you know like you know like where they like they throw their hands together and the fireballs come out and it flies like. How did a fireball literally go through her fucking window and just hit her? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a police officer suggested that maybe um, lightning had hit the building, which that has happened. I actually have an uncle, a little short story real quick, that he has been struck by, or he, he's dead now, but he was struck by. I never met him, but <laughs> he was struck by lightning three different times. Twice it came out of his radio that was sitting next to his bed, and another one hit the... Um, the water faucet even though the water wasn't on he wasn't doing dishes he was standing in the kitchen when it was thunder and lightning during a thunderstorm and three times the lightning hit the electronics in the metal, and it struck him oh yeah he yeah. survived all three wow. i think cancer actually killed him <laughs> i'm not sure i'll have to ask my name. um so that could have been a possibility but they quickly ruled that out because when they went and investigated the none of the breakers were off they were still completely in place and if lightning would have struck the house the breakers would have been off right um please search out to J Edgar Hoover or please reach out to J Edgar Hoover telling Edgar. him J Edgar Hoover yeah okay telling him <laughs> This fire was too puzzling for their little small town force to be able to handle. Um, They sent parts to parts of the rug, um, smoke samples, rubbles from the walls, floors, um, and segments, segments of the chair to the FBI lab in DC. The FBI spent hours for up to Spent hours for about three weeks trying to examine these items. One detective said in his 25 years of police work, this is the most unusual case that he's ever seen. The FBI actually couldn't figure it out, so they decided to just say that Mary was sitting in her chair. She was smoking a cigarette. She had took her sleeping pills at this point. She fell asleep during smoking a cigarette. Um, I guess when she fell because she was so, like, out of it because of the cigarette, the, I mean the sleeping pills that her cigarette cigarette got caught between her fat because she was she was a um, 170 pound woman that was like five two between five four. so she was considered overweight and when they um that seems kind of full of pitch but when they, what they're saying is when they did the research I guess your fat can be considered as flammable because of what's inside the fat so when the fat sits on the cigarette it just starts smoldering instead of it putting it out it just keeps it going and smoldering that's what they're trying to say wouldn't there be more of the body the fire (laughs) yeah um the fire when the um i'm sorry when the people asked why the rest of the house didn't burn her daughter her daughter-in-law responded by saying the floor was all cement and the chair was all by itself sent into the side and nothing else was around and nothing else was around to continue the fire. This was in 1991. They try to say like, basically um, like her, her fat was like a wick. It just kept it smoldering to the point where it kept burning. Um, so Wilton M. Krogman, K-R-O-G-M-A-N and anthropologist. Mm -hmm. Anthropologist at the University of PA said he doesn't agree with what the police and the investigators of St. Pete Police Department was saying. Walton said that Mary's head had shrunken, which that should have never happened. It should have exploded. And the fact that her body had turned into complete ashes, ashes was very odd because that it takes a thousand, it takes thousands of degrees of heat to do that. And it takes several hours. So why was there any other damage done to the house, inside the house, or any of the other building, inside the rest of the building? 70 plus years years later, no one knows exactly what happened. And it eventually went as a cold case, even though they said that it was a spontaneous human combustion. They buried half of Mary's ashes next to her husband and her son kept the rest. And they decided to keep a lot of the furniture from the rest of the house. Mary's granddaughters would see Mary's spirit all the way up until the family decided to get rid of all the furniture. Some people say that it was the girl's imagination. Some people actually say that once they got rid of the furniture, she felt like she needed to disappear because they were trying to get rid of her. (laughs) Well, you know how like, I get the hate. You don't want me around. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, so, what really happened? Some people say it was black magic, some people say it was an accident, some people was all said it was all staged. It seemed like they she actually ended up getting murdered or something, and they staged it that like they threw still her makes, ashes. Still makes me like her head yeah, it's all a mysterious thing, but they have her labeled as a spontaneous human combustion. And when you google her name, she is considered one of the first pe- people. Like I said, I don't know if it, if it's history. I can't remember right. if it's history of the United States, whatever. But she's one of the first people that pop up for spontaneous human combustion. That's crazy. I remember Yeah. It threw me off. All right. So that was our what two our one big main story and a little yeah. crime, mysterious superstition type story. Um, so that's about it right okay mm. guys we'll see you until next week bye